another episode ready to go They're gonna talk about the good and the trash and anything in between Cherishing make-believe, get ready for Halloween, it's the horror show I know you miss those guys, tune in and find out what's on their list tonight They butcher and dissect, take apart and mutilate Listen to your two favorite brainiacs communicate It's the horror show Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Horror Show. Show dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and other horror related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? Nothing. We are rolling through towards the end of Action Movie Month. Going by uh, fast, man. Yeah, well, it does go by fast, doesn't it? And we'll have some action movies for the rest of the the year, the year, the month, the the summer. The season, tis the season. I'm all about it, dude. Uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, did we even talk about our new schedule? Did we? Did we mention it? Uh, it's a good one. I don't know if we did. I don't know. Uh, so we <laughs> got. Uh, we definitely didn't. We definitely didn't. We we talked. I think last week about the ideas that we had for it. Um, so here's our ideas. It's kind of fucking sick. Uh. We have, so we have our live show this Friday, uh, June 23rd. Nope. Yes. June 23rd is Friday. Yes. June 23rd, Friday. It's a Friday night. We're giving Friday a shot. See what happens. Gonna, gonna see what transpires. I'm, I'm excited about a Friday show. I think that's a cool, I think that's a yeah, good move. Switch it up. Um, so we're going to do Shoot 'em Up from 2007. Please join us for that. That'll be fun. Patreon.com slash I Hate Horror if you want to join us for that. Uh, July. We are doing, eh, just mixing stuff up a little bit. We got uh, two Andy Sedaris movies, Malibu Express and Picasso Trigger, um, which uh, maybe I'll release on the week of our live show that we usually skip. Maybe I'll release the audio version of our Heart Ticket to Hawaii okay. live show. Because that was before we did watch-alongs. That, that was like a show. We presented it as the show. Um, so maybe I'll I'll do that on the 27th. Release that on the 27th. And then that way you guys can listen to Malibu Express. Then go back and listen to Heart Ticket to Hawaii. And then we'll do Picasso Trigger. Okay. So, because that's the order of those three movies, and that's the that's the start of the triple B trilogy. Sedaris claiming that he had a, a vision and a plan and an order in his movies. He's <laughs> fucking obscene. No, but don't don't you don't you remember there was like a doctor in a scene, and we turn it like they would do no, flashbacks. You are right. They they Come would on. do flashbacks, and we were like, wouldn't that be funny if those were from other movies? And then it turned out. They were like all the characters, like somehow tied together. It was truly like the MCU before the MCU, and it was just big-breasted women and like old guys <laughs> with weapons. Legend, Sadar's the fucking legend. Um, and then we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna do two Sadar's films. Then we're gonna switch gears. Still sticking to action a little bit, but with a little bit of more of the horror show element. We're going to do Dead Heat from 1988. Are you familiar with this movie? Rest in peace, Treat Williams. Passed away a couple days ago. Dude, I didn't even think about that. That's weird. We planned that before his death. Um, You killed. killed. So, 
And Joe Piscopo. Come on. What, what a fucking lineup. It's great. A great buddy cop movie, dude. And it is about one, uh, LAPD officers <laughs> who who is murdered while attempting to arrest zombies. <laughs> yeah. It's great. They are trying to arrest zombies. So it's a zombie cop movie. So tune in for that. That's going to be great. And then our live show, which I think people are going to like, July 22nd, Big Trouble in Little China. What a fucking movie. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I think people Long are requested. Yeah. yeah. So tune in for that. And then in August, we got it all planned out. Um, uh, of course, August is subject to change for sure. Uh, but we had, I, I, I wanted to do, because, you know, you run out of camp movies pretty quick in the horror, the horror community. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they go by pretty fast. Um, so I was like, what if we do like summer camp badges for, for each week? So we're going to do the sleepaway camp badge with Madman uh, August 1st. Yes. Okay, you got to go. I'm in Mars. The next week, you got to collect your hiking badge. We're going to do Wrong Turn, the remake, the Wrong Turn from 2021, which I guess involves hiking. Uh <laughs> then you're going to get your cooking badge with flesh-eating mothers from 1989. And then our live show is going to be your swimming badge, and that's Deep Blue Sea. I like when I wrote this out, I wrote in parentheses these water-themed, as if Deep Blue Sea, I would wonder, huh? Which one? What could that be? <laughs> what badge is that for? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Water-themed. Fucking C in the name? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a hiking badge. <laughs> and then our live show. Our li- oh, no, that's a live show. And then oh, uh, August is one of those months with like six fucking shows in it. So even after we skip a week, we have another week of August. So I just threw Escape from New York in there. Okay. For our action movie. Can't go wrong with Jay Carp, dude. Why not? Yeah, man. Do you know he's doing a video game? I, I I've heard. It doesn't look that good. Go. I'm not like that interested well, in it. But I mean, it it looks like anyone could have made it. I, they for sure just paid him to throw his name on it. Like I'm pretty sure. For sure. Yeah, Sean, look, John Carpenter's not designing video. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he knows how they're played, right? Like he does not. At, Absolutely not. They probably showed him like the fucking visuals, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" This is what video games look like now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking funny. Um, Dude, should we should we record an episode after uh, the Fourth of July party with Paul again? Just just get together after. That's what we did last year. We did Jaws immediately, like that same night. Oh, that's insane! Wait, did, was it that a show? Was, or was it a live show? No. We recorded an episode. <laughs> Dude, I'll, just, I'll just went home and signed on our computer. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. We could just record it there, too. All right, well, let's, well, let's at least do a bonus episode there in person. Yeah, yeah. You get my dad on. Or, or, or that's our porn night. We, we all log on after hours, after the kids go to bed. <laughs> We're all we fucking, we're all fucking barreled up. <laughs> nah, dude, nah, dude. We'll start early. We'll start early while my dad's still around. 
<laughs> we'll just the three of us will go in and we'll put it on in the living room and then be like <laughs> call dude, my dad into the room and <laughs> sees what's happening. <laughs> your dad your dad would be furious but also would not leave the room. <laughs> oh he would make just, us leave and then just sit there just, and watch yeah, himself. Just stand there and be like yeah, you guys are real perverts, you know that? <laughs> every, like, ten minutes just mention it, that how terrible we are, but just not leave. <laughs> I'm kind of all for that. <laughs> and your mom and poor Tina just, like, <laughs> cleaning up. <laughs> entertaining the guests. Imagine walking in your house and just seeing seeing your husband watching watching porn and eating with his two two male friends. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad. <laughs> Who's claiming he has nothing to do with it but hasn't left the room yet? Be like I have been down on the turn. Huh? <laughs> right, I'm making it happen. <laughs> Alright, that is fucking funny. Uh, I fucking love that. That's funny as shit. Um, so, we have McBain, 1991. This is a trauma release. Oh, first, first, just to plug ourselves, we uh, we recorded a Patreon episode talking about... Did we, talk, did we say that already? We just recorded no, we didn't, a Patreon we didn't, episode we didn't. before that, so... Uh, check it out. <laughs> check yeah. it out on Patreon. Dude, it was, it was fun. I got I got to be honest with you. I was like super tight before recording tonight because this motherfucker almost hit me. Like had like he came into my lane trying to pass another car, like very close to me, and uh, that was right before we recorded. You know, I like barely missed me and like with my kids in the car, so I was in a very bad mood. And then we recorded Patreon, and now I'm now I'm in a much better mood. So oh, that's fucking. Check out Patreon. But uh, if you're listening and you drive a Subaru with the dealer plate XM908, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, what kind of car was it? A Subaru. Dude, I just going saw... towards Going towards Cheshire. Oh, that's interesting. I just saw a Let's car see him. in your area. Let's do a little traffic talk here. Uh, I just saw a car, and everyone's going to love this. <laughs> Dude, this. For the people that have complained about this, this would be the, this would be the lowest of low lights for the show. <laughs> Talking about local miscreants and how they're driving. There was a guy in your neck of the woods, like right down the street from you. I was coming from Cheshire into your town. And the fucking guy, like, I was at a red light, like, over by the Dairy Queen. And, uh. He like went around me while we had a red light and cars were like tra- like going in the opposite direction and he like just like flew in mm. to traffic. Dealer plates though. I didn't catch the numbers. Dealer plate super tinted windows? Yeah. Dude, that's him. I'm going to fucking kill him. Dude, it was crazy. I mean, dude, that's, it was that's, fucking that's, that's, that's nuts. It was fucking crazy. He just like went like it was weird. I, I was like this is fucking bizarre. What um well, let's go murder him after this. Um, <laughs> putting all this evidence on the air. <laughs> um, so, McBain. McBain would fucking yeah, kill him. Mc- McBain would fucking kill this guy. Do McBain... Uh, yes. Uh, inspiration to us all. <laughs> Is he? Because there's a McBain. moment in this where he kills a bunch of people and then... 
Lewis, uh, what's Lewis? Sean, Sean, <laughs> Sean. The, the only time in in cinematic and television history that 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 shtick has ever worked, where the guy's like, "Hey, what do you really want to be? What makes if you do this, are you really any better than, than the people you're doing it to?" And then all the guys are like, Ooh, "I guess he has a point. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna kill him." His point was like pretty accurate. He's like, "Hey, man, we we're not gonna work at fucking Burger King. Like, we need money to survive. Very." poignant tale of fucking the financial situation coming out of the 80s and McBain, McBain had already murdered them all anyway so it doesn't matter killed all of them literally everyone's dead everyone's dead except Luis Guzman and uh, McBain's just like huh. and fucking leaves <laughs> <laughs> raises a Good valid point, point there <laughs> <laughs> never thought about it that way <laughs> time to go <laughs> Now, do you well, actually actually wait? Uh, I I wrote this down. The Texas Coalition, uh, Carly and Katie Beth, sent me a message as requesting that we do Joyride with Paul Walker for one of our action movies in the future because they said I have I have very little memory of it, but they they claim this is them claiming it is both horror and action. I thought it was a horror movie. Um. Is it though? <laughs> uh, I mean, one thing's for certain: it, it's certainly not good. But I, I am intrigued, and I would do it. So, written by J.J. J. Abrams. List. Okay. Um, Here, two thousand one. Yeah, mystery thriller film. Um. Okay. okay. Sure. We could do this. A young Steve Zahn. Right. Looking like sold. It. Say yeah, that. Say fuck that. It. Fuck it. We'll do it. I don't think so. But well, there you have it. Hey, quit bugging me. Just, it literally asked me once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I'm down with that. Um, now, I know we keep like derailing oh, our own. What show. I was going to ask you. Okay. What I was going to ask you. McBain. Yes. Do you like it? Dude, like I don't know, like I I do and I do, I I don't I definitely don't love it. I, I definitely am not like this fucking is the best. But I, I don't know because there's moments where I'm like, this is fucking nuts. Like this is fucking crazy. Like the amount of shit that they did in this is insane to me. I don't know. There must be a thousand extras in the final battle. This is a war movie, <laughs> at by least. The way. This at is a war least. movie. This is there is a full-on war scene, like multiple war scenes, actually. Like battles on beaches, artillery, yeah. tanks. I where the fuck did they get the money for all of this? It certainly wasn't at the box office because they only brought in 450. Oh, it bombed. <laughs> it bombed. But like, fuck, what the what the fuck was going like? They just had, it seemed like unlimited resources. Yeah, it's uh, director James Glickenhouse's dad. Uh, super loaded, owns a bunch of shit, and he financed everything. That's a lot of fucking money, though. Like, there's no way. Dude, because, like, we know this because, oh, my God. I'm reading about Glickenhouse's collection of race vehicles right now, and it's fucking obscene. Yeah. Okay, so this is, like, just insane money, huh? 
Yeah. This is just like, this guy's like He's not loaded. even a director. He was just probably had money and was like, I'm going to be a director now. Well, that's a good segue for, for once. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I won't derail the topic. Uh, Michael Ironside, one of the stars of this movie, mm-hmm. hates this fucking movie. <laughs> hates it. And he was asked about it a couple years ago. <clears throat> and his response, and I quote, this is, this is I'm going to read exactly what he says here. He says, oh, God, that's a joke to everybody, even to The Simpsons. It's their favorite movie, which that's not true. Yeah. Big Bang was before this movie. But, you know, in all truth, that was a filmmaker who was being backed by his father who had a ton of money and just pissed it up against the wall. I remember it was a fairly good story to start off with, which was about ex-vets having to get rid of their shame of being survivors, I think. You know, when their friends are lost. And by the time we got it, they had rewritten the script from an A- to a C- script. God, I have nothing good to say about this film. Absolutely nothing. Other than that the filmmaker, thank God, will never make films again. He ended up going back to restoring vintage racing cars on his father's shit. And you could put that all in there. I don't don't say anything in interviews I wouldn't say to somebody's face. Fun fact, though, Michael Ironside, uh, he did... he did very well for himself uh, going for, he made the protector with Jackie Chan. Like he worked for a very long time after that. And I was going to so. say, uh, Michael Ironside hasn't exactly picked like, <laughs> you know, the best fucking movies ever. You know what I mean? Like the guy hasn't been exactly s- turning down films. Fucking- oh, the guy whose head blew up in scanners. <laughs> tell, me, tell me more. Dude. <laughs> Fucking Hardwired starring fucking Cuba Gooding and fucking Val Kilmer way past their prime 2009. What the fuck are we talking about? Before anyone yells at me, Scanner's Rules, I'm just saying Michael Ironside, his his whole purpose was to have his head blown up, you know? Yeah. In that movie. yeah that's all it was. <laughs> anyway, well, that's kind of crazy. I mean, the guy, though, he's, he's great. And he was great in Major Pain. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Oh, dude, I totally forgot about this movie, Fatherhood. Okay, I got to get out of here. Um, dude, Dude, Wikipedia is just a fucking nightmare when you have a podcast because you just start seeing shit and reading shit and you're like, no way. Um, and I'm still doing it. Okay. So, yeah, so the director, I mean, the, the amount of money spent on this must have been obscene. Um I mean, we go to, although I think Vietnam and Colombia are filmed in the same location using the same people, but the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, it, that's where it filmed. Um, that, that, okay. That makes sense. So, but they used it as both locations and like, you mentioned McBain and the Simpsons. Um, you mentioned McBain and the Simpsons. That what that kind of blew my mind. That fact. Yeah, the Simpsons, which I feel like this McBain should have been the one to bow down, but the Simpsons ended up just calling the the character Rainer Wolf Wolfcastle to avoid confusion with the movie. That's just like nobody's nobody's fucking. No one's fucking fucking thing. I I just I can't believe that McBain the movies in the Simpsons predated this 91 like i felt like simpsons were kind of just man simpsons are cool as fuck (laughs) also do you think there's any chance they heard about this movie and were like holy shit 
Oh, I think there is. Actually, I think you just cracked the code. There's, there's most definitely like there's like a, somebody, an insider, is like, hey, they're putting fifty year old Christopher Walken as the star as an action movie. It's called McBain. Like we gotta fucking spoof that. You like get ahead of that, dude. They might have gotten like a cut of it even, and we're like, holy shit, fucking nuts. <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, because like what a name, McBain. McBain. The fact that you would get that and spell it the exact same way is fucking crazy. Um, it's so fucking. And just calling this movie McBain is insane. I mean, yeah, McBain is the leader, but he's not like. I mean, it's it's a team effort, you know. Yeah, it, like, he's it, not it like is, he, it's he's not really like Ram. He's not a one man army. It's really not about McBain at all. No. Should have been called Santos, right? <laughs> Dude, yes. Heart and soul of it. This is the reason why it's all happening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously starring Christopher Walken, as we mentioned, the star of movies like Sarah Plain and Tall. Um, <laughs> just to name one of his more famous roles. Do you, can you, do you remember when they made you read that in they, fucking elementary school? I, and wondered, I, I, I didn't know they made a movie out of it. Wondered why. Oh, dude, they showed it to us. Wondered why fucking kids hated reading. Because you were... Ha- we could go home and watch The Simpsons, or we could go home and read fucking Sarah Plain and Tall. Yeah. Didn't exactly fucking pique our imaginations, if you will. Spark our imagination. Hey, you want to read a book about a plain and tall person? Female or not. Dude, the, the, two, the two worst adjectives you <laughs> could be called. Plain and tall. Uh, sure. It sounds... Like a real fucking thriller. I can't do that movie came out the same year as McBain. <laughs> I mean, I must have. I we must. I must have seen it because I I do recall now that you saying that them showing it in school. I just, of course, I blocked it out. I'm looking at the trailer. Like the trailer's playing on IMDb as I'm looking at it, the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't even know what the fucking book was. Dude, nominated for nine primetime Emmy Awards? What are we talking about? A single New England woman responds to an advertisement. <laughs> this is so boring. A single New England woman responds to an advertisement by a Midwestern widower in which he asks for a bride to help him raise his two children. Fucking kidding me? Joe. Joe. <laughs> Handing this to people. I think, I want to say it was like fourth grade or fifth grade when we read it. Definitely fourth grade. Fourth definitely grade. Fourth grade. Uh, Handing this to a fourth grader, a 10-year-old, being like, get re- get ready for the ride of your lives, kids. <laughs> and then wondering why we hate reading. Why we hate reading. You know, my, my son is 10. He's in fourth grade. Fucking loves reading. Like, his reading level's through the roof. And I'm, like, looking at the shit he's reading, and I'd be like, dude, I would have fucking loved reading too, man. Yeah. Like, you guys have the fucking sickest books. Even from the time they're babies now, like, the baby books are cool as fuck now. Like... The golden books, they've got, like, Ghostbusters golden books now and, like, licensed characters and shit. It's fucking amazing. Like, reading fucking rules now. You got the Harry Potters. You got anything you could fucking imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I left the profession of teaching. There's not a lot I loved about it. But one thing I, I will say is, like, the focus on motivating kids by finding what they like 
and, and works using that as a tool. Hey, surprise! <laughs> you get good results when they're when they enjoy doing. Hey, isn't that so, fucking weird? You hand them something. Not forcing them to read about a fucking widower. Why do I give a fuck about a widower from the Midwest? Because we live in New England. Dude, that was that, it's all coming back to me because we went on a field trip to like coincide with Sarah Plain and Tall in in I think it was Clinton, Clinton or Madison, Connecticut, and the pitch was like we're gonna read Sarah Plain and Tall, and it takes place in New England. Uh, cool. The most most uninteresting thing, for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep going on for tangent. Do you remember uh, My Brother Sam is Dead? The Revolutionary Oh, my Revolution. God. Yeah, yeah. I, the only reason I'm bringing that up, because it just, like, unearthed in my head, they made us read that in fifth grade, and it... You know, it has cuss words yeah. in it, and it has it's a revolutionary uh, story, and it has racial slurs in it. And these fucking teachers <laughs> made us popcorn read it. So there are kids that would get pages where you had to say things that you shouldn't say, and like I remember kids' faces be like, uh, and it's just like just read it for fuck's sake. <laughs> How insane! You probably get disciplined for not reading it, right? Like at that time. Like- Dude, I rem- I'm not going to say her name. Mrs. S for, in fifth grade was like screaming at kids for being like, just grow up and read the words. <laughs> Any other time you say any of that, you'd be fucking beaten to death. And rightfully so. Like, <laughs> Dude, there's fu- there fucking F-bombs in the book. Oh my God, Reading that's that fucking funny. Popcorn. Holy shit. Dude, the novel was subject to much controversy surrounding its use in elementary school classrooms. Yeah, no shit. It should have. Fucking take that out. (laughs) Or no, fine. Don't take it out. But don't make kids read it out loud. It's insane. Dude, 218 pages. That's a fucking haul, too. Yeah. uh, Another thing about the popcorn. It was like six months. (laughs) Dude, because kids fucking reading it out loud just... Fucking mispronouncing and then going back to the word. <laughs> Dude, l- listen. I'm not making fun. I'm not f- making fun of kids. Everyone reads at different levels, and that's fine, right? But the reason why popcorn's a nightmare, and for those that are younger, they, I think it's gone because it wasn't when I was teaching. So if you're younger, you might not know what popcorn is. Popcorn is when you would read a book, and at any point in time, it's honestly like traumatizing. Yeah. At any point in time, you my just life. fuck somebody. Dude, you could fuck somebody. If you, if you saw at the corner of your eye somebody not paying attention, you could say popcorn and then their name, and they had to pick up where you left off. So, like, that's what kids did. They saw you, like, daydreaming. They're like, popcorn Sean, and you'd be like, Ugh, and the teacher's like, you're not paying attention. And then, and then again, kids read at different levels, which is fine, yeah. but some kids would struggle getting through a page and the whole class has to sit there and, and listen to this kid, you know, struggling to read and the teacher's not doing anything to help him or make it any easier. And that's humiliating for the person. And then you have a book like this where they're struggling on every word. And then you come across a word like fuck. And of course they're just going to like overemphasize it. And all the kids start like cracking up and like ripping on them. So you listen to them read a sentence for six minutes and just be like, fuck. <laughs> what were these teachers thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is like one of the funniest rants I think I've ever heard. Yeah, dude, that's fucking crazy. It fucking ruined my entire life. I could not speak publicly for a really long fucking time. Like, I, I, I could not, I could not, I could not read. I could not do anything. Uh, it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> if you have any, any bit of anxiety, which I know we both do, like yeah. that was 
terrifying. Like you'd be sweating, being like, "What if they call on me and like I I'm at the wrong spot?" Like you, like it's horrible. What a fucking nightmare! What a disastrous tool. To <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, that was good. That was good shit. Sarah Plain is so I mean, get out hey. there, read Sarah Plain and Tall, and my brother Sam is dead. But I mean, Sarah Plain and Tall is 58 pages. What? <laughs> Making a movie out of that? That's how you know it's boring. You know my next my next movie stream is just gonna be me reading Sarah Plain and Tall out loud. And I'm gonna popcorn to all the all the users. All the oh dude, should we do a popcorn reading? <laughs> Get everyone on like a Zoom, just popcorn. <laughs> and if you're not paying attention, we just ridicule you, ridicule you until you everyone just starts screaming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> screaming! Oh, going up in the nineties. Fucking disaster! There's this fuck. I'm, we're never gonna get to this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, the plot the plot is paper thin. <laughs> it, is, it is paper thin. I just want to highlight one other thing, which is there's an amazing comedy special. It's on HBO Max. It's called The Great Depression. Uh, I forget the fucking guy's name, the comedian. I'll look it up right now. But he had a bit where he was talking about bullying in, um, his name's Gary Goldman, uh, like a longtime veteran. He actually disappeared for a long time because his depression was so bad. Came back. With this special, The Great Depression, it's great. But he talks about bullying and how, like, kids actually do have it so much easier now. And he was like, he's like, you know, you want to know what people thought a prank was when I was growing up in the 80s? He's like, a prank was when you were at a water fountain, which was fucking metal, your mouth to this giant metal sprocket uh, spout. A kid would just come up and smash your fucking face into the fucking water fountain. Fucking metal thing. And he was like, that was considered a prank when we were kids. <laughs> fucking walk away with a bloody fucking mouth. And people would just laugh and be like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was like, teachers. Yeah, fucking <laughs> you got you good. Um, okay. So McBain. McBain. Hey, on the Patreon, I said McBain is like a, a precursor to the Fast and Furious, the later Fast and Furious. Yes. You know, post- Post Fast and Furious Three, it's like a precursor to it. It's just a group of mercenaries, essentially, yeah. that assemble yeah. and take on the world, and literally like armies. Armies. They're going up against the Colombian army, and, and truly not even mercenaries. They are veterans <laughs> yeah, that's right. of the They're Vietnam civilians. War. They are veterans. They have moved on. They have moved on with their life. They all have normal jobs. They are not in the the. The art of war anymore. Right. Until the events unfold. And then they're like, oh, thank God I've wanted to do this since I left Nam. And I was like, that's fucking you know alarming. Is it alarming? And it's also a thousand percent true. Those, <laughs> yeah. guys, those guys have just been waiting for this moment. <laughs> um. So, and also, I, I mentioned this earlier really quickly, and then we talked about Sarah Plain Talk. This is this was released by Troma. This was a Troma release, man. This was a Troma release. That's kind of funny. Funny how that happened. That's, uh, yeah. You, I mean, anytime a movie only makes like five thousand dollars, Troma's like, hey, I'll I'll pick it up for a little bit. That's so. That's that's what I was wondering. Did Troma come in after they failed at the box office, or did Troma? 
I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm just going to throw this out there. Or is trauma the one that causes some of these movies to not make money? <laughs> yeah, no, dude. dude there's no, there is no way Christopher Walken. How would this movie have not trauma. made money? I don't know. I feel like people would have wanted to see this movie. No, maybe not. <laughs> Wait, what did you think of the movie? You asked me. <laughs> you asked I mean, me 25 minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, for those that don't agree or think that we're being silly, yeah, we are. But if you want proof of how paper thin the plot is, if you go to Wikipedia, it gave it three sentences for a synopsis. Three sentences. There are some some movies that we do oh. that should not have this much, that have you know paragraphs upon paragraphs. This has three sentences. But to answer your question, I loved it. I fucking loved it. What is there not to like about McBain? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is... Aside it, from the song. Oh. Shittiest. Yeah, yeah. That song. That's weird. Um, I don't know. I, get, I I don't hate... Again, I don't hate it, but it is like... It's a fucking weird movie. But I, I do see... They were... This was just... They were trying their best. They're just not our boy from, you know, our, our Stone Cold guy, whatever his name is, Brexley. I, I'll never remember that guy's fucking Back, name. Baxley. Baxley. It's not him, but really, who is him? Who is he? Who he he is him. He is him. Yeah. Um, you know, like no one could compete with that guy. So I don't know. I I really love I, I I really liked some of it. And some of it was a little bit I don't know, but it it kept moving, man. Like it kept moving. So that's there's usually no lull. Once it picks up, there's no lull. Yeah. Yeah. So we meet we meet a crew of troops. Uh, they're just being found out. They're sent home from Vietnam. The war's over. Um, Joe already mentioned the music because it's scored with some of the most insane music you'll ever hear. The ballads are fucking weird, but like even the very dramatic music, like the, that opening song with that woman just belting out her fucking music. That was that was a little yeah. funny. Uh, that was a little weird. Um they see these bamboo domes, which I did not understand what that meant. And I was like, oh, maybe that's like what those like tiger boxes were. You know, you, I hear about those things. Um, it's not. It's like a fucking Mad Max Thunderdome thing, which I'm not yeah. sure if that's real or not. Uh, it, I might be the last person to realize this, but Vietnam was kind of fucking insane, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you are, in fact. <laughs> I was watching this because I was like. That's not fucking real. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, maybe it is. Like, they did some, like, weird fucking shit over there. Some weird shit. It's funny you say that because there's a guy with a, a necklace of ears. Yeah. Right? Around it, like, like to get, like chopped off ears that he made into a necklace. And my dad and my aunt, my cousin Rich's dad, my, my uncle Cliff, would always talk about Vietnam and be like, they always cut off the ears and put them on necklaces. And now I'm just wondering if they just saw McBain. <laughs> It was about, it, that was about the time that, that they would tell us that. So. I mean, that kind of tracks, too. <laughs> the only two guys pumping money into it. They just saw it fucking. They just kept going back. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, like, so I don't know if these, like, fight domes were real or not, but I mean... I've heard worse stories, but yeah, I was, like during this, I was like, "Man, Vietnam was kind of fucked up, huh?" 
And then I was like, oh, I'm the last person to fucking come to this realization. Like, I should, somebody should put a fucking stop to this. <laughs> um. So anyway, the troops are flying over. They see these bamboo domes. They are concerned that there's POWs in there. So they force the helicopter to land so they can get their brothers out of there and free them. Um, of course, one of those guys is Christopher Walken. Um, and he is the first one in the bamboo cage, at, which is a fucking fighting ring. Um, and, and like he's going toe to toe with a Vietnamese fighter who is jacked to the gills, baby. That guy is a big boy. Um, and he's just beating the shit out of walking. Um, while this is happening, our, our, these other troops are starting to infiltrate the camp. Uh, and right when they're about to slit Walken's throat, they were all be- they were being very stealthy, dude. They were climbing out of the fucking water. They were coming out of trees. They were like slowly killing the Vietnamese that were like surrounding it, protecting this area. And then as soon as Walken's about to get his throat slit, they just start r- raining fucking bullets. To the point, they are firing so indiscriminately, there wouldn't have been a single person alive, including the Americans. There would be no one. Walking would have been so dead. There's just gunfire. And they're in a circle. They're surrounding the base, which is a circle. And they're just shooting at each other. Like, there's just bullets flying everywhere. Uh, It is wild. But, of course, our Americans survive. Um, Yeah. Great knife kill. In the mix of all the oh, gunfire. Oh, yeah. That, dude, there's a bunch of good knife kills, actually. They just, like, randomly threw that in. It was always, like, somebody coming back from the dead to be, like, I'm, like, fucking throwing a <laughs> knife at somebody else. Um, and like we were talking about the other films, this is a this is a hook. This is, this is a good hook. hook, a good start to an action movie, which you need. It is. It is. And we meet Robert, Roberto Santos, who... Um, Rips a hundred dollar bill in half, giving one half to McBain, who is Christopher Walken. Um, and he's like, Someday you're gonna repay me for which seems like Dude, okay. Listen, <laughs> they they could have gone about this a thousand different ways. Yeah. Ripping. <laughs> they really could have. And especially because they were like, We have to save our brothers, but then immediately Santos is like you fucking owe me, and I'm gonna fucking come and find you when, when I need you. But it's all done in it's all it's all done in good. I don't want to say fun, but um, McBain obliges. McBain's like, absolutely, I owe you my life. Um, so so that's that's that. Cut to Santos, who is now leading a revolution against the Colombian fucking government. That he is. He's uh he's the leader of the Liberation Front. And he he uh I'm oh, so he yeah, he's he's the leader of the Liberation Front and he gives his sister Christine the half of the $100 bill and he's like, "If I die, you have to go find Bobby McBain in New York." This is so insane. <laughs> but by the way, 18 years has passed. Since since the events, I didn't even it. catch that. I didn't even yeah. catch. It says eighteen years later. <laughs> That's such a long period of time. Uh, and he he gives it. He's like, "You're gonna go find Bobby McBain." Which uh, the fact that his name's Bobby is so fucking funny. Bobby McBain, and you're gonna give him this fucking half dollar, and he's gonna help you. 
And she's like, okay. So haven't talked to him in 18 years and <laughs> didn't know him prior to this conversation. Which is amazing because uh when she shows up, the first thing McBain says is, I was expecting you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kidding me. <laughs> but uh Santos uh he leads his group of vigilantes, which includes a group of like Five women in mini skirts that I was like, wait, who are these people? Because they were not with him originally. Mm. And the president's like doing this speech on TV and the, the fucking women come up from the they, dude. They've got. They could just end this right now. They're about to cut off his fucking dick. They, one of them is under his desk <laughs> with a knife up against his dick while he's on live TV. Yeah. He's a, like, how do they get in there? And, and B, to your point. Just, just you've mission accomplished. Just, you fucking, you got him. It's done. Kill him. But Santos breaks in through the front door, and then the girls come up and they've got him dead to rights. And you know the Liberation Army is like, we've taken full control, but also we don't have any control because they're about to send the army here and kill us. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. We've taken over, but also we have like maybe eight minutes tops. <laughs> It was the most insane thing. Because I was like, well, that was pretty effortless. And then he's like, by the way, we'll be dead shortly. So you're not in control of the army. What are we what are we talking about? We've gained full control, but none of it. We have zero control whatsoever, actually. Uh which is And, and on the on the TV, he's pleading to the CIA. Just being like, these guys are good. Like, which also He's pleading in real time to be like, hey, CIA, you have like maybe 10 minutes to like, get somebody down here <laughs> and help us succeed in this coup. And we also know how 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 good the CIA is about, you know, <laughs> doing the right thing. Uh, well, which is funny because you see the president talking to the CIA and I imagine that's actually how it is. He's like, wait, do you guys actually not know about it? And one of them is like, uh, maybe. <laughs> Wait, the scene later in the movie? No, it's like right after. Right. So, so this is happening on live TV, and it cuts to the president, and he's like talking with leaders of the CIA. He's like, "Are you trying to tell me these rebels acted without you, like trying to interfere?" And one of the guys is like, uh, "Perhaps." The president's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" He's like, "What the hell's going on?" Dude, that's so funny because there is a scene later with the president too, where they're like, "Hey, Colombia is saying that there's Americans just like." destroying their country, blowing everything up and trying to seize the government. And the president's like, uh, <laughs> beats the be fuck up. out of me. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that president, the, I mean, he's introduced here. So you think he's going to have like an integral role because there is, you know, governments being overthrown and our soldiers going there to help. And he is in maybe two scenes and both times. He's just like, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't have time to care. <laughs> Why are you asking me this shit? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> I got shit to do. He's always wearing a tuxedo, too. He's not He's not wearing a suit. <laughs> he's wearing, like, a wedding tuxedo in every scene. <laughs> he's always busy. Um, so Santos has the president out on the balcony. Uh, but then the army... Uh, 
And by the way, this is all like being filmed on TV, which is insane. <laughs> being broadcast live. Shut. Shut. When it cuts to walking, watching in the bar, I honestly laughed out loud. <laughs> They're playing this live uh, across the world, live news. Uh, and the, the army has surrounded a bunch of elderly and children with tanks. And they're slowly moving the tanks together to kill them. Yes. That's insane. Dark, yeah. Diabolical. Uh, So Santos gives up the gun to the president uh, and gives up. You hear a gunshot. The revolution. (laughs) You hear a gunshot. You don't see it on screen. He kills Santos. It's broadcast live across the news. But you do see through the news clip the blood on the side of the building. <laughs> Sean, Sean, no, no. So you see you see the blood, but then it cuts to Walken, who's just sitting in a bar and he's watching, and he hears the name Santos and he like double takes up, and then he sees Santos' face live on TV. Yeah. Who he, the guy has looked looked exactly the same as he did when we saw him in the scene before. And Walken's like Wait a second. And like pulls out the half hundred dollar bill. It's like, Whoa. and then you watch the dictator blow his fucking brains out live on TV. That honestly made me laugh out loud because no news would, would show that. Like that would be the most traumatizing shit ever. Insane. Man is executed and his fucking brain splatter on the wall. And Walkins is just like, it's like the jaws take on Walkins' face. Be like, mm. <laughs> what a fucking start, dude. Walkin is. Such a weird looking person too to like he's his just face so changes weird. in every scene. It's so fucking his bizarre. hair, his face, his accessories. He's just randomly changing hats throughout the movie. It's just like one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen. So McBain's watching from a bar. Meanwhile, Christine, Santo's sister, is like going around the village being like, Give me your jewelry, give me your jewelry. <laughs> I was like, What she must be paying for her trip to New York. That's not what that's for because she walks to New York, which made me laugh out loud because one of my, this is actually my favorite thing I think about the movie because they play this insane song and we see her start on horseback. Then she like gives the horse away and starts walking and it's like montage. It's cutting. Right. And it cuts to her walking on train tracks and all I could think about is like, she's gonna be so mad when she finds out what those tracks are for. Don't you like? Just, I don't just think take she, a train. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you're on the fucking tracks. Like that would be a real bummer to like. Wait a minute, I've been walking this whole time. Great uh, point. Uh, but she walks on train tracks, and then the next time we see her, she's walking up the fucking Brooklyn Bridge or one of the bridges in New York. I'm just calling it the Brooklyn Bridge for... No, it, 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 it was, was a Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Uh, walking up the Brooklyn Bridge where she just approaches a man and is like, I'm looking for Bobby McVeigh. <laughs> and the guy goes, he's up there. Referring to the, the tallest point of the Brooklyn Bridge. Not... You can't just walk up there. You're Especially if there's construction going on. She does. She just walks up and Bobby's Bobby McBain's up there, and uh, hey, Biohazard did it for their uh, punishment music video. Do you remember? That? They were probably arrested. Uh, well, then Dude, uh, I don't know how they did. People were stage diving from the top onto the crowd. It's fucking insane. <laughs> well, that's insane. 
You've got to watch it. It's Check out terrifying. The but yeah, uh, Walken's up there too. Walken's up there too. And uh, she gets up there and hands him the doll, the bill, the half the bill. And that's when he says, I've been expecting you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's insane. Dude. And then dude, I love this part. And by love, I mean, I fucking hate it. It's the worst part of the movie. But then they go to a diner and talk and she... Dude, she talks forever, but gives, like, the most heartfelt account of her life and, like, Santos' life and his cause and his beliefs. And then Walken's like, yeah, well, one time I went to Woodstock for three days and didn't shower. <laughs> dude, he does a full monologue on it about nothing. Just a, you know, just a Woodstock. There's no payoff to him saying There's anything. nothing. There's no. And he's like, huh? And then she's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> It's so fucking bizarre. It was one of the weirdest things. Also, I might be a piece of shit, but if I saw Santos die on like TV and I'm McBain, uh, I, I realize I'm covering my mouth when I'm talking. Sorry. Uh, if I saw Santos die on TV and I'm McBain and I've got that $100 bill, I'd kind of be like, I don't have to like pay that back anymore, you know? Because <laughs> Lord knows what he's going to ask me for. <laughs> I don't want a debt over my head, is what I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not, it's absolved now. I wouldn't be glad he's dead. I'm just like, well, <laughs> something good's going to come out of this. I can throw this fucking half dollar bill away. And then the sister shows up with it. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> That's another Bobby McBain in New York City. <laughs> it works on bridges. Um... But anyway, yeah, that, that monologue was, those two monologues were insane. And, and McBain's like, essentially, after he tells that story, she's like, so will you help us? <laughs> and McBain's like, do you have money? And she hands him all she has, which is the village's gold. And he's like, that's not enough. <laughs> just very bluntly. It's not even like, like we need to get money. It's just like, mm, no. Like, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> um, but then it doesn't matter because we get our, what I, what I would refer to as, like, the Armageddon recruitment campaign from, like, the Armageddon movie where it's just, like, cut, jump cutting to random people. Like, just being like, I know a guy. And then just, like, jump cutting to them doing shit and then being like, absolutely, I'm fucking it. <laughs> You want to send me to a fucking asteroid? Yes. Let's fucking go. Armageddon definitely took from this. Without a doubt. Because that, that's what it is. We, we watch a guy performing the shittiest surgery I've ever seen <laughs> Dude. in my entire life. Dude, the people that are helping him are honestly like having fun playing games. He's like, this person is still alive. And they're like, uh, not for long. <laughs> they're like, he's fucking dead. Look at his fucking brain. The doctor goes, his heart's still beating. And they're like, his brain's fucking fried. And the doctor's like, eh, yeah, I guess you're right. And fucking calls it. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Break for lunch. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out, and he walks out, he's covered in blood. He walks out, and one of his old army mates is just in the hall. He's like, Santos died. And the guy's like, mother of God. Just rips off his surgical gloves. And then he's on the team. He's ready to go. So the doctor and the guy he was talking to was a cop who had also just lost his partner in a, a crack deal, is what they say. Uh, so we got those two guys. Those guys are just in. 
no one asks them. They just they just know. They just know they're in. <laughs> they know McBain's ready. Dude, it's so weird because later they 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 acquire like a fucking safe house somehow, like out out in like Long Island Sound. And uh, they get, I guess, you know what? I fucking love this movie, actually. I changed my fucking life. <laughs> they get a safe house in Long Island Sound that you have to take a boat to. And when McBain gets there, the cop and the doctor are already there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, he didn't even, like, invite them. And then we also meet, at, right after that, we meet, um, oh, his character's name was Eastland. And he's played by Steve... Steve James, who was um, Kung Fu Joe and I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, uh, which is fucking one of my favorite movies. I love that movie so much. Um, and he's great in it. And he is playing... Well, first of all, we have to sit through this company, Westatron, which I thought might prove to be something part of this... Putting that much effort into having That's... this company exist <laughs> just for that scene is nuts. Dude, they have like... It looks like, dude, it looks like, um, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Almost like a shadow government's, like, stage, right? It's like a, a giant It's like 1984. Panel. Dude, it's like 1984. Yeah, yes, like a dictatorship would sit up there. And they've got the big company name on it. And, like, the people in the company, we, we have to watch all of this. The, the people in the company are like, <laughs> we deserve wages. And they're like, go fuck yourself. And, <laughs> and, like, it's... A whole thing. It's a legitimate. I don't even want to call it debate, but like Sean said, the, the people are like, "Hey, you like the data. The data shows that you have been pocketing this money and then laying people off, and you could be you know spreading it out more evenly." And the owner's just like, "Yeah, what are you gonna do about it?" And for some reason, or no, the owner's like, "I'm not gonna let you talk to me like that." And for some some reason, some guy that wasn't even talking just stands up, punches him in the face, and that's where, that's where that guy that you're just Eastland, about, yeah. Eastland, he he's the bodyguard, and he just lets it happen. And one of the guys is like, "You're supposed to protect them." He's like, "Yeah, well, what are you gonna do about it?" Dude, his exact line was, "Well, you're supposed to protect them." They're talking about the workers. <laughs> uh, dude, I was like, "Is this gonna be a plot point in this movie?" Because we are a half hour in right now, and like, I'm not sure what's happening. We haven't even gotten to fucking Santos's yeah. thing. Yet. I thought we were gonna get to like a you know bad tech, like like. In RoboCop, you know, right. the tech that's company. exactly what I thought was happening. It's not, <laughs> but by no. the way, that just com- to introduce, just to introduce that guy, <laughs> dude. And later, every scene that the president's in later, which isn't many, I was like, oh, these must be the West Westland guys, <laughs> the the or the Westatron guys, because he's always in a tuxedo, like looking like he's going to the ball, but it's just the president going to press conferences in a tuxedo. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so fucking weird. Um. Anyway, Westatron. That's they. They mean nothing. And that guy. That guy walks out on his job as a security guard to join McBain's fight. Which again, we don't actually see the invite. He just must. McBain just puts out psychic fucking <laughs> telegrams to these fucking guys. They just. They just know McBain's in town. Um. Although they're all in the same fucking city and none of them are talking to each other. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, they all go and meet up with Frank, who is played by Michael Ironside, who's the only one that's not interested at all. And quite honestly, is like, 
Why? He's 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 the one that's like, you guys just been waiting this whole time, like from Vietnam to now, to fucking fight people. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? They show up to Ironside's place with Santos's sister, and they explain what happened. And and Ironside's exact quote was, "Yeah, I remember Santos. Hell of a thing that happened, but you know, nothing we could do about it." <laughs> right, right, to sister. I mean, also Frank's got a point, and then. <laughs> fucking McBain's big selling point on all this is like, so I bet you just want to sit over here and just look out into the beautiful ocean and relax for the rest of your life. <laughs> Mike Ironside's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. That's why I'm here. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but as soon as McBain walks away, Ironside is like, like fucking immediately crinkles his paper. <laughs> <laughs> McBain. Not enough people screamed McBain like that. Dude, that I mean that's what, was missing. that's what was missing. <laughs> um then McBain takes a boat. Your McBain's just in a boat and you're just like, oh that's fucking weird with Santos's sister. But that's when we learned that he has he owns a fucking house on an island with these men. <laughs> And uh, that's they're all just hanging out, waiting for orders on what to do next. Uh, the doctor, the cop, the bodyguard, they're all there. And uh, they all just reveal that they have no money. Uh, that's that's what comes. And then Walken's like, I've got a way to fix this. And it's because they were talking about, oh, because Michael Ironside was talking about drug dealers having more money than if you turn the state of Delaware into gold, the, like the weight of Delaware in gold is less than the amount of money in the drug and gun trade. Yeah. Which seems questionable, but like, whatever, fuck it. I'll roll with it. But the fuck you going to weigh Delaware. What are you talking about? <laughs> but so that's like in McBain's head. You have to like, kind of like figure this out as the viewer. <laughs> Because he's just like, we're going to take back some of that money. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But he's talking about the drug money. Um, So he's going to take back this drug money. um, And they immediately go. They infiltrate the largest stash house I've ever seen. It is a fucking high rise stash house. One giant building. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking would have been infiltrated a long time ago. Um, and fucking, uh, old Gomez Adams is running it. <laughs> Louise, did Louise, are you a Louise Guzman fan? I love Louise Guzman. Me too. Me too. Plays the same character <laughs> in everything he's ever been in. Yeah. Wait, he is the one that plays Gomez in the, in Wednesday, right? In the new one. Yeah. In the Wednesday. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't care that he plays Gomez. Like, I, I don't give a fuck. No, I do give a fuck. I, I think it's like the shittiest casting. I think it's like Luis Guzman is not fucking Gomez Adams. And then when I say this, people are like, yeah, but the fucking comics, he's like, Gomez isn't like the slim fucking guy. And I'm like, no one read the fucking comics. Don't fucking come to me and be like, the comic strip. That comic strip was printed nowhere. Get the fuck out of here. It was like the 1930s, 1940s. Get the fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck about the comic strip. Raul Julia figured it out. He did it. He's the new Gomez. That's all I want. 
It's you're don't. going right. You're not. You're not. You're not even going to the TV show. Oh shit! Original Fucking TV. Sean Astin's dad. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Uh, no. Yeah, there you Mr. go. Astin. Let's go him. Let's go with him. Fuck it. Great. Great. It's fucking great. Just, dude, Louise Guzman is not fucking Morticia. I, there's not a fucking chance in hell. There's not a See, I, I have less of a problem with, with his shape, but to your point, <laughs> Mr. Aston, I can't think of his first name. John Aston? John, John Aston, right? Yeah. yeah, John Aston and uh, Raul Julia, like they were smooth talking, like they made that character yes. who he is. Louis, imagine being smooth talked by Louise Guzman, and he <laughs> just screams in every scene he's in. <laughs> I I watched a couple episodes of Wednesday, and he's just like he's just got the Louise Guzman voice, and you're like, dude, you could not, you could not be smooth talked by this motherfucker at, at all. Like, I'm sorry, unless you're McBain. He, he actually, I take it off. He, he is smooth talked right here That's in this true. scene. That's true. <laughs> Louise Guzman was also was he in um, Brooklyn Nine Nine too? I feel like. Uh, did you ever watch that show or no? I do. I love Brooklyn, dude. I laughed so hard at the Mister Fart scene on a plane that like people were getting concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, he he's 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 good in it too. He's good in it. Um, anyway, I love Luis Guzman. I love him. He was just he was just not he was just not fucking Gomez. That's all I'm gonna say. Leave it at that. And and again. You can like him in that. Like, I don't care. I don't, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't care if you like him in it. Like, that's fine. But don't tell me, don't cite the fucking comic strip to me because no one fucking read that shit. No one read that. You didn't read it. You're fucking lying to me. Don't fucking say it. Yeah, I know he's like a weird little weirdo in the comic strip. That's why the fucking newspaper. <laughs> fucking oh, 1938. It's fucking old, dude. Okay. No one fucking read that. <laughs> Fucking pissing me off. And somehow everyone I talked to about it, when I was like, I really don't like Luis Guzman in it, they were like, well, the comic strip, I don't, shut the fuck up. Shut the f- you're, you're fucking 24 years old. Shut the fuck up. You're, you're, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Oh, it really grinds my gears. I could tell. I like Put that into like- Sarah, put that in with Sarah Plainenthal category. Anyway. <laughs> Name three Adams Family comic strips if you love it so much. <laughs> um. Anyway, Luis Guzman's great though, and he's uh he's he's <laughs> love him. My favorite actor. Um, <laughs> he's great in waiting. <laughs> this is why are we talking about waiting again? <laughs> Um, by the way, complaining about old books and old comic strips while we fucking cite the oldest shit on earth on this show. <laughs> Talking about Rifleman and fucking. Have we talked about the Rifleman on the show? Like very briefly. I think we just do it in chat. We, no, we've mentioned it on Sean the show. And I, Sean and I talk about, Sean and I talk about the TV show, the Rifleman in our group, in our chat. Like, Not even our group chat. Just, just our text to each other. Just, just once like, a week. Oh, like insane detail too. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That shit's funny. Uh, 
Shit our parents watch as children. <laughs> uh, Predates them. <laughs> um, it's, I'm fucking crying. Um, that, that's funny. Uh, so Luis Guzman uh, runs a gang of drug dealers out of this high rise. McBain, show, McBain and his crew show up. They murder everybody. They're shooting people out of windows. They're breaking through walls. They're just <laughs> they shoot one guy out of a window so hard. It's one of the greatest death scenes I've seen in a film. I did. I was I was trying to figure out how do I explain these deaths like like through an audio format because they're fun to watch. Like it's a fun action sequence of these guys dying, but I was like how do you explain this? But the way he's like, like, they are shot so hard. Like, that's exactly what these guys are just being yanked on ropes. Like, <laughs> these stuff that man. one guy in that one guy in particular, it's like he dies from blunt force trauma from, from whatever he's hit with out of, out of the gun because it hits him in the chest and propels him out the window. And you watch him fall slow motion onto a car. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's so sick. Um, a plus, a plus scene. The crew, and I love the crew. I love a, I love an action crew. You know what I mean? I, I love like a ex-vet army crew. I love that. Um, and then they corner Guzman and they're like, give us all your, f-. this is like the funniest. They're like, give us all your money. And Guzman's like, I barely have any fucking money. He's like, we're getting by. We do this so we don't have to work at fucking Burger King making $2 an hour. Like, take whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. Like there's guys that make way more money than we do at the top of this thing. <laughs> and that's when Walken's like, Oh, <laughs> and, and then Walken steals the hat and sunglasses off of this man's dead coworker, friend, coworker, probably <laughs> steals it and just fucking leaves. And the rest of the game's like, oh, that's, like you <laughs> that's said, that makes a point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have killed. Everybody, probably should have talked. Everybody to him. knows. <laughs> Dude, everyone's dead. There's not a single survivor in the fucking building. Yeah, just just Guzman. <laughs> There's at least twenty five corpses. Yeah, at least. Dude, one of the funniest. Yeah, it's funny. One of the oddest things to see in this movie is they leave corpses in shots. Like, there's multiple <laughs> shots where there's it's just, like, fields riddled with corpses. And you're like, this is... Because there's a celebration at the end, and there are bodies everywhere. <laughs> their, their body count is extraordinary. Good guys and bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's bodies of good people. Like, they they were they did not shy away yeah, from, like, those villagers down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fucking wild. Um, so anyway, they changed their mind after killing like 400 people. They're like, yeah, it's probably, <laughs> probably a bad idea. <laughs> so they set their sights yeah. on the mob bosses. Yes. All of this time you're like, are we, are we going to Cambodia or what are we doing here? Um, we see them, but, but, but they're doing this again for those listening. <laughs> and if you're following, cause we've derailed so many times, they are trying to get money to finance themselves to go to Colombia and wage war on, on the Colombian dictatorship. <laughs> Which probably the amount of money to wage war on these fucking guys, they probably could have caught a flight down to Colombia. <laughs> <Without a doubt. laughs> 
Um, they set their sight on the mob bosses, which they obtain by driving. Very uh, wait, <laughs> Sean Luis Guzman. He drops the mob boss's name, and instead of saying John Gotti, I mean it's the most clear pun on John Gotti. But he says John Gombody. <laughs> I was like, did Guzman fuck? <laughs> did he just pronounce it wrong? But but then they call him that again. <laughs> Let's call him John Gabbadi. Dude, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I thought the same fucking thing on John Gabbadi. <laughs> Which, like, so Guzman in his, like, comedic roles would 100% say that. That's, like, sounds like exactly like that. Yeah, that's, like, how he pronounces things. Gabbadi. <laughs> Maybe he did and they just, like, rolled with it. Oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the real John Gotti will never know we're spoofing him. <laughs> You can't get mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> so they go after the the mob bosses, which they do very stealthily by driving a garbage truck into their cars as they're about to get in. <laughs> and then kidnapping them. Um, and then cut to McBain, who's now wearing a fedora and the glasses that he stole off of a dead <laughs> human being. Um, and doing it in his Israeli accent. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that was supposed to be that was fucking 100 percent. because because when that scene's over he's like i hope the real israelis don't find out about this oh my god is... yeah because you're bringing up munich and everything because i the, oh the, dude the i was not like, following, are you one of them i was not following that sorry for talking over you i was not following that at all that was so weird okay yeah that's who they're trying to be yeah. okay that's Okay, that's a move. Um, so they have this guy hoisted over New York City from a crane in a chair. Um, and <laughs> well, show, show up before they get him there. So so they drive the, the garbage truck into the you know, his his vehicle mm-hmm. and then they kill all of his henchmen and then they cover his face with a bag, which is a classic move, right? Sure. Like you cover somebody's face with a bag, throw them in a car, and they don't know who you are or where you're taking them. John Gambati is looking at all of them, like making eye contact with them before they put the bag over his fucking face. Yes. Yeah. Defeating the entire purpose of that. He sees them immediately. <laughs> they all get out of the car too. No, every single one of the them. Guy who, the guy who puts the bag over his face turns him around so he can get a good look at his face and then he puts it over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just don't want you to know where you're going. Um, so fucking weird. And Walken has him hung up, hung up, hung up, hung up there. And he's like, this is our annual fundraising drive. We need $10 million, which is an insane number to be asking. That is yeah. fucking nuts that that's what the number that they're trying to get to. And the, 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 like helping Santos's sister relies on them finding $10 million. Um, but they get it. They do. They give him a fake uh, or a Swiss bank account number yeah. while he's hanging from the train. <laughs> Which and then, bl- then blame it on his brother-in-law. <laughs> and then they're like, how'd you know about the brother-in-law? And he's like, everybody's got a dumb brother-in-law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I guess he's not wrong, but. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, anyway, then they're like, hey, we need to go to Jamaica. So we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we go to Jamaica. They show up and they just start blowing up the fucking airport. Dude, well, first of all, <laughs> they go to Jamaica, right? But 
his reasoning is we have to steal one of Pablo Escobar's planes, <laughs> which, which Pablo Escobar is not from Jamaica. I, I don't know too much. Maybe he had, he had a place there, but that is the plot point of them. Okay. Like th- that's their next move. <laughs> right. And they go there, they blow up the, like the tower, like the flight command center. They kill the pilots. And then Michael Ironside's like, I'll drive the fucking plane. And they're like, do you know how? And then we have to watch Michael Ironside in real time read the instruction manual <laughs> on how to start the fucking airplane. <laughs> Which he does. And he's like, I started it. And they're like, oh, good. <laughs> so weird. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Santos's sister is uh, mobilizing the local militia. Yes. Yes. Oh wait, 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 wait! We get a great play. We get a great plane kill here. Yeah, wait. I also wanted to say I, I wanted to mention too. Michael Ironside. Remember, he did not want to come to this. Yes, he shows up in Jamaica on an inflatable boat. <laughs> With, I mean, it had a power motor, but it was an inflatable boat. He just rolls up to Jamaica on, and is like, "Hey guys, here's a map I printed," and they're like. Thanks. And he also has a computer. And then he says in like the most childlike, like just a little kid wanting to be part of the group. He goes, can I come? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, of course, bud. And like, he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and so Ironside's in the gang. Dude. And think about at this point, what these five guys have done. <laughs> they have... Cleansed the streets of drug dealers, dismantled the mob, and now now they're stealing planes from Jamaica to go to Colombia, uh, to to fight. I fucking love this to fight to fight a fucking dictatorship. Uh, that's so nuts. That's uh, dude. They, uh, I love this shit. Um, so Ironside's in. Uh, we got the flight manual, and we just hop right over to Cambodia. Um, and you were mentioning, uh, uh, what a flight kill, uh, uh, like a plane kill. Yeah, actually, I think it might be coming up in a little bit. Are but you talking about like the dog fight that I could not believe was happening in this low budget action movie? <laughs> well, well, there's many dog fights. There's so many that. dog fights, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking unreal. And by the way, by dog fights, Joe and I, which you might be thinking, because we're talking about like CD underground stuff, dictatorships, third world countries. You might be thinking we're talking about a underground dog fight, animal abuse. We're talking about no, fighter top fighter gun jets. level <laughs> fighter jets. <laughs> unreal, unreal. I've never. Which, I, I blew my mind. They have do the heat seeking missiles. <laughs> Just full, oh yeah, full on fighter jets. But but. Forgive me if I if I jumped ahead here because this this one kill is just stuck in my brain. Christopher Walken shoots the pilot of another plane with a pistol <laughs> through the window. <laughs> he shoots through the glass window of the plane that he's riding. He's not even piloting; he's just riding riding it. <laughs> shoots through it right into the guy's head. It makes it makes and that makes the plane just fall. Yes, like lose all gravity and just fall from the sky. <laughs> It's like they have a gas pedal. You just <laughs> if you take your foot off the gas pedal, it just drops. drops. 
<laughs> That's actually funny as fuck. That's funny as shit, dude. That's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. So we go to Cambodia, which doesn't take Columbia. long. They just get there. Columbia. Columbia. Wait. No, I thought we were in Cambodia. No. Oh, we're in Colombia. Yeah, you're right. Colombia. Yeah. I wonder how many times I wrote Cambodia in this. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I wrote, I wrote Colombia everywhere but here, so that's good. Uh, so we go to Colombia, and uh, Santos's sister has organized a militia, and they are attacking the military. They are going toe-to-toe. And this is just honestly impressive. The amount of weapons that they have in this scene is yeah. crazy. And we, I, I i don't know if you remember this, but we watched like a behind the scenes of a trauma movie where they, they did like, they showed how they would have to hire a guy to come in with the fake guns and show you how to shoot them. And there's a lot of safety precautions with these fucking weapons because they're usually real. And you're just firing blanks. And this right. is I mean, not look what happened with Alec Baldwin. Right. Like, you have to know gun safety. Like you can't take things for granted. Just assume that it's going to shoot a blank. Right. Like, right. You got to handle it. So these guys, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Hundreds of guns, thousands of fucking shells being shot. At any given time. Dude, they have the massive artillery fucking weapons. It's like... Dur, 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 dur. It's fucking... <laughs> cr- dude, when they, when they do an action sequence with guns, it is... Every, every, blowing up, guns going off. It is chaos. It's as action as action can get. Yeah. Right? Truly. Truly. Um, and, but the scene is fucking great. And there's just explosions everywhere. Guys are just... The guys are coming back from the day guys are getting killed and then coming back with a fucking knife and throwing it through a guy's fucking heart. They're falling off of towers. It's just like everything you could kind of want in like a weird action, you know, these like these weird, what would, how do you like categorize these action movies? This is like, like invasion USA and stuff where they like, just like a couple guys go to another country and like just dismantle it by themselves. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be like some type of subgenre for that. I don't know what it's called, but it's fucking weird. Um, it's just pure chaos. Chaos makes no fucking sense. Um, and then we get the the dog fighting, the jet dog fighting, which Joe mentioned is also pistol fighting uh, in the air, and it's fucking insane. Yeah, I think it was to protect McBain's plane, but like. I don't understand. Because, uh, like, the U.S. military shows up. Some guy shows up. Like, they land the planes after the, the plane fight. And, like, the guy's like, eh, well, thanks. I got to run. And they're like, oh, thanks for helping us out. Like, who the fuck is this guy? The guy fucking. <laughs> I feel like, why do you have access to a jet plane? <laughs> um, and and then the war continues. They, they're just getting to Columbia in the midst of this war. And we get this epic battle on the beach a battle on the beach like d-day dude like fucking d-day they've got the sand it's it's nuts and and they have a stunt man one of the craziest i mean there's like if you pay attention there's stunts where you're like this is so insanely dangerous i can't believe they shot this and this is one of them where there is a tank rolling 
And the stuntman fucking runs up to it and jumps on it while it's fucking moving and stuffs a grenade in the fucking pipe of the fucking (laughs) tank and blows it up. But just like jumping on a moving tank seems like something that would not have happened. (laughs) You know, it seems like a stunt rock move rather than like a a film (laughs) film would cover that. Like, yes, I'd see that in Stunt Rock, not in this. Um, Wait, are you talking about the movie Stunt Rock? Yeah, the movie Stunt Rock. Because, like, th- those stunts were Holy fucking... Holy fuck. Those, those stunts were just, like, danger. Those were just Wait, you, danger you, for the sake I, of danger. I didn't, I didn't know you've seen Stunt Rock. Yeah, of course. What a fucking flick. <laughs> I mean, this movie's pretty close to Stunt Rock. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys worked on this. Um, for, for, for those who don't know what Stunt Rock is... I'm not even entirely sure you can call it a movie. It, no. it is just people doing stunts. And then for some reason, there's a band playing with a wizard on stage, just blowing shit up and doing magic tricks. <laughs> Dude, like, and by magic tricks, he's really just like doing like clouds of smoke from his staff. <laughs> from his staff. <laughs> what an insane movie. <laughs> Um, yeah. watching that band play and then watching it, then it just goes to a cut. guy and like oh, a motorbike <laughs> jumping over like buses. Dude, some guy on a fucking hang glider just crashing into the side of a fucking mountain. <laughs> You're like, it's not a stunt. That's just a guy fucking. It's like uh, our old crew, like our crew Buzz's idea of a prank. Like fucking. It's not a stunt. It's just fucking death. It's a guy getting really hurt. Remember the guy gets like fucking attacked by a fucking mountain lion? <laughs> it's not a stunt. It's not a fucking stunt. It's a fucking wild animal. Yeah, like, oh my god, I think, I think that guy might have died. And then you just watch it, the wizard. <laughs> the wizard just shows up. <laughs> he doesn't show up because he's on a stage. He's literally on a stage what? the whole time. Why yeah. the fuck is he there? <laughs> <laughs> Playing psychedelic like rock music. <laughs> Fucking absurd. Oh, fuck. Um, uh, the Colombian government um, finally brings jets of their own into the to the to the fray, uh, and they're about. Uh, 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 oh well, first of all, the American guy wastes the army with the jet, just again firing indiscriminately, but somehow only killing the, the bad guys. Uh, then Colombia sends their own jets over. And Michael Ironside somehow has obtained anti-aircraft missiles that they fuck, your ass. that they fucking build again in real time with Michael Ironside reading the instructions, being like, "All right, now you press the enter key and you plug that in," and and they're just like putting it together, hoping this works. And guess what? It does. We watched two fucking jets explode in midair. <laughs> fucking nuts and the entire beach is screaming and cheering you know, everyone's I, I, right there is when i wrote what is the budget of this movie because i was like this is out of control and i know those were probably just like little fucking models that they exploded but it's fucking crazy and the best part about it these are again it's five civilians yes that the colombian army is now aware of yeah. Like their existence that they're attacking and they are sending fighter jets to they 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 blow them up with the anti-aircraft missiles and then they have time it cuts to the next scene and we see that they had time to dig graves for all the people that died there's a mass grave with crosses 
for like 500 people that they buried and, and dug. It's like, dude, you guys got to get a fucking move on. <laughs> they <laughs> dug the graves and they also have time to use a camcorder to take a selfie. Uh, <laughs> which it's a fucking camcorder. Like, you know, there's never been a more of a camcorder in my life. And Christopher Walken attempts to take a picture of 18 people and he's just like holding it three inches from his fucking face. And he's like, everyone say cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I would pay any amount of money to get that picture. The the just a giant picture of Walken's face. Because <laughs> you know they're hoping to use it. Right. <laughs> Walken's nostril. <laughs> um uh, we go back to the US of A where the president takes this is where the president takes a black tie press conference. And the 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 reporter asks, Columbia is accusing the US of invading Colombia. And the president just goes, uh no. That's fucking wrap up. Used to me. <laughs> uh, then we meet drug runners. They don't really play a role in this movie, but they're they're working with the president of Colombia, and they're very mad that the U.S. is involved. And the president's like, "No, don't worry, uh, it's fine." And then the drug runners take a helicopter and just mow down a village with a fucking helicopter, with a fucking machine gun from a helicopter. Just fucking murder an entire village of people. Which McBain and his crew also show up to because they are the most charitable group in the fucking world. And this scene is only notable because the uh, doctor, of course, pops out to to see. They're, They're like, I mean, there's a lot of dead people, but there's one girl and there's like, there's this girl and he runs up to her, the child. And the doctor is like, this girl is dead. And like, there's no saving this woman. Are you kidding me? And McBain's like, well, she'll probably die anyway. And he's like, well, fuck. And then saves her instantly. He's like, get me a fucking straw. And then just like, (laughs) does like two things. And the girl's safe. And everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> and then after that is like, I got to stay here and help the wounded. And uh, so that's what our doctor is up to for a while. Anyway, our, the grand finale, our crew goes to fight the uh, El Presidente here. Um, Santo's sister takes over a news station with the help of the doctor, who's, I guess, no longer helping the wounded. <laughs> <laughs> Santo's sister giving a soliloquy at the news station, talking for hours. <laughs> it is the least motivating speech. Like she's trying to rally the troops, yeah. right? Like on a national level. I, I would have, I would have changed the channel immediately. <laughs> also, her like, especially because her big plan's like, I brought five men from America. <laughs> <laughs> I've brought the village people, a doctor, a cop, a welder, a fucking business tycoon, and a bodyguard. I've and, brought- a <laughs> and a McBain. <laughs> He's the welder. <laughs> and they're here to save us. I'd be like, okay, well, good luck with the revolution. Sounds fucking, sounds fucking tight, but uh, I think I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, but... Uh, it does rally them. They're all around the president's compound, but they can't get in. And that's when we cut to McBain and the fucking cop 
driving a runaway flaming fucking oil tanker that's set to explode. Uh, the wheels get shot out. They're about to crash into like the crowds of people that they've brought there. And McBain's like, well, let's just like fucking leave it. And the guy's like, I got to see this through. And the cop fucking sacrifices himself, crashes through the gate and blows up. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he could have made a fucking pretty grand escape, but that's okay. Um, Jump out. Literally just jump out. Get through the gate and jump out. Yeah. Just do something. Um, but they get in um, and uh, everyone overtakes the compound. And this is the scene. There must be a thousand extras in this scene. There are. For sure. S- Dude, more than you see in fucking war movies. Like b- big budget war movies. I've never. I Really non-CGI, not edited. I don't know if I've seen this many people on screen at one time. There are so many people, dude. They flood that area. And it's like an overhead shot. And you just see hundreds and hundreds of people. It's it's yeah. really wild. Um, And then it cuts to the president who is announcing new money. That's red, white, and blue. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening in this movie. I have no idea. Um, it leads to nothing other than like some of the guys being like, thank God I moved my money to a Swiss bank account. Like, yeah, that actually does sound pretty convenient. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. Like what, what, what is this? Um, I, I did not understand that whatsoever. Uh, and they infiltrate the compound McBain they, they've gotten the president locked in his fucking office. The president pulls out a pistol. It seems like he's going to kill himself. Yeah. But then McBain crashes through the ceiling somehow. Dude, through the ceiling. <laughs> Which is weird because the the when we see McBain prior to the crash through the ceiling, he is looking through a vent that is vertical. A vertical vent like in a wall. He looks through it and you're like, oh, he can see the president. I don't know what he's going to do. Shoot him from the fucking the hole. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And then literally cuts and he's falling through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. Like he's, he didn't jump through. There was no, no explosion. He just falls through the fucking Dude, like Literally like his body. Feet burst. Great. <laughs> and he's just firing the machine gun on the way down. Looks like something you'd see in fucking uh i think you should leave with tim robinson like it's just like the way the body's falling is so weird and he's just firing a machine gun as he's falling it honestly looks like the most uncoordinated thing you've ever seen happen (laughs) no doubt uh but luckily every bullet lands in the chest of the fucking president he's fucking deader than a doornail um and uh mcbain walks up to him and puts the two halves of the hundred dollar bill in his jacket and uh, the gang um, proceeds to blow up the mansion with their fucking anti-aircraft missiles. <laughs> uh, and McBain, uh, uh, McBain goes out on the balcony. Everyone's cheering for him. 
He throws the fucking dictator's hat into the crowd like it's a fucking show. You'd be so exhausted. You'd just be like, this isn't a fucking show. Get off the fucking balcony. What are you doing? McBain just takes over his dictator. Like, what is the plan now? Uh, yeah. Just overthrew the government. All they keep talking about is like free elections. And it's like, there's no fucking infrastructure in place. There's just, <laughs> you've just, just killed a million people. Just ruined their lives. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just going to leave because he's going to be like, do you have $10 million? We got to go. Cause my welding job is calling me. Um, while that's happening, a fucking prop plane. I had a joke written down. I don't, I don't want to say it, but anyway, a plane, a plane, <laughs> this little prop plane flies in looking like it's driven by John Denver. It's fucking going, <laughs> can't stay straight at all. In this. I honestly got nervous in the scene. It's fucking shaking in the fucking air. <laughs> fucking the shakiest landing I've ever seen on film. Uh, barely fucking touches down. Uh, and our, our, which John Denver is still a very topical reference in 2023. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's our, uh, it's Santo's sister and the doctor who've sh- shown back up just in time. The crowd's cheering. There are corpses everywhere. It pans out. There's just fucking bodies everywhere and everyone's just dancing around having a good time. And, um, Santos and McBain look at each other, and that's the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's the craziest ending. Movie movie fucking rules, dude. (laughs) What more could you want? You know what would have been sick is if they're like, Luis Guzman, we owe you for destroying your fucking entire team. We are giving you Colombia now. <laughs> he takes over Colombia. Because <laughs> he was all about the people. He just wanted the, his people to have some money. Yeah. That would that would have been that would have been an <laughs> oh, appropriate we, ending. We brought Louis. <laughs> this is why we let you live. <laughs> Santa's sister's like, I thought we were gonna have an election. And they're like, ah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> We're installing a new dictator. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that is McBain, everyone. Yeah, watch it. A plus, A plus <laughs> shit. Um, good, good stuff. I, I've changed my rating. I love it. <laughs> that I was a fun it. episode. That was a fun <laughs> episode. I mean, we didn't talk about the fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, we did somehow. We talked about the whole fucking thing, but mostly about Sarah Plain and all. Um. <laughs> So, and if you want more of that and you want to pay for it, uh, we have a live show <laughs> this Friday, patreon.com slash I hate horror. We are doing shoot 'em up. You're going to want to be there. The plot is about Clive Owen saving a baby from being assassinated. And that is not a fucking joke. And the assassin is Paul Giamatti. So <laughs> buckle the fuck up. <laughs> fucking baby shooting a baby um that's fucking nuts uh and that's a wrap for action week i mean we're gonna do more action next month so i don't know why i'm saying that but different it's a different vibe yeah 
different vibe. And we got some horror stuff next month, too. So I know I talk about Beethoven all the time, but this, that <laughs> plot is just so similar. Because fucking, dude, uh, this is like the 10th time. People are like, yeah, we know, Joe. You've, you've told us 100 times. But, but the plot of Beethoven, the beloved child movie about a, a large German shepherd, is that <laughs> these, these villains in this movie want to steal Beethoven because he has such a big head. They want to see if their bullets can go through it. It's so fucking insane. <laughs> they want to test to see if their bullets will shoot through Beethoven's face. <laughs> it's a fucking children's movie. <laughs> Who the fuck greenlit that? <laughs> Most diabolical villain oh, on crap. films. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a Saint Bernard. He's a Saint Bernard. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, that German shepherd. The ones Saint with Bernard. the fucking still, really uh, cannibal go through a Saint Bernard's skull. Let's talk about that. I want to see. Dude, I want to. I want to see the villain's origin story. <laughs> it's constantly shooting through things. I'm like, but so his head should be like, but can it shoot through a but Saint the Bernard? One thing. <laughs> The one thing that I've never been able to shoot to find out was a St. Bernard. <laughs> the elusive St. Bernard I've never it's been able white to shoot. white whale. <laughs> Just the Moby Dick plot. <laughs> so stupid. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm fucking crying. Uh, I'm actually... Downloading Beethoven right now. Um, <laughs> because that is like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Was, but and by the way, like, can we talk about <laughs> everyone's like, no. that's literally their motivation. And then Beethoven like, comes in the house and just gets like mud because uh, the guy doesn't wipe him off. He gets mud. And then the dad gives him up at one point. He's like, well, you know, it's a lot to take care of. Maybe we should just let these guys test their bullets if that's what they really want. <laughs> Telling that to his children. <laughs> but dad, he's our family. This is insane. <laughs> this is so insane. That's honestly like one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Um, I was going to say, can we talk about, and I, I'm sure our listeners are like, please no. Like, no more. Like, just <laughs> fucking end it. But Shout out to first time <laughs> listeners right now. <laughs> if you're sticking through this, you're like, honestly, God bless you. Um, Beethoven's... I did not realize the second Beethoven is called Beethoven second, which is genius. Yes. Genius. But I love that it's a girl Beethoven. He meets a girl Beethoven. It's just Beethoven with a pink bow in her. <laughs> I, I hope it's more, I hope it's more people that want to test bullets on dog skulls. <laughs> you know, it'd be stronger than a bullet that could shoot through one. St. Bernard's skull. What if, but what if there's two St. Bernard's what, side what by side? Sh- <laughs> just keep Just keep playing on St. Bernard. That's, that's not all the sequels are. So... <laughs> Okay, I gotta fucking, I gotta fucking end this. I gotta fucking end this, dude. I'm actually fucking, like, crying. <laughs> Just constantly being like, yeah, but what about three St. Bernard's? What about three <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven's 
They don't stir. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, uh, uh fuck. <sighs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> that is fucking the funniest thing. Okay. All right. Compose myself here. All right. So that's it. We have a live show where we'll probably not talk about the movie on Friday. It's shoot them up. Patreon.com slash I hate horror. If you can support us. Uh, we're also on Facebook.com slash I hate horror. Instagram at I hate horror. Joe, where can they find you? Instagram. Boognish1985. Uh, and that is a wrap, everyone. Thank you all so much. Thanks for sticking through this episode. This was a wild one. Uh, oh boy, that was so fucking fun. Um, and enjoy, and we will see you at the live show. And uh, for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. I want to play.